Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and always so thankful for Fridays for lots of reasons, but some of it is because I love doing this show And I'm so glad and so um, honored that you are taking advantage of the show, telling your friends about it, and that we are really becoming a healthier community because of it. And so thank you so much for sharing this, for taking the time to listen to the shows and really becoming the best version of you. And so today I wanted to talk about this issue of intimacy. And many times what happens is we think that if we know someone's secrets or maybe we've, you know, been sexual with them or something, that somehow we may now have intimacy. And see, true intimacy is really only possible if we share the same value system. This is why you can have family members that you maybe you love very much, but you kind of don't have anything in common with them, and you don't know how to talk to them. And every time you try, they seem to get the wrong impression of what you're saying or whatever that is. And, and, and maybe there's arguments and fights about whether something is justified or, or is uh, maybe something that is you know, immoral or illegal, excuse me, immoral or illegal. And and we somehow get all caught up in that and not recognizing that the basis of intimacy, the idea of being known and, and knowing someone else has so much to do with your value system. So shared values keep you together during the difficult times. And it will also bring you joy during the high points of your relationship. Now, although values can be tweaked, they cannot really be changed. Otherwise, they are not a true value. So they kind of define who you are, and couples must share similar values. Otherwise, they will live in perpetual disappointment and resentment and feel misunderstood, feel like they are not seen by the person, not valued by the person, And so this doesn't mean that I'm telling you there is one particular value system that we all should adhere to. What I'm saying is you have to figure out what do I value? And if I truly value it, am I going to live out that value? 
am I going to honor that value, defend that value? So if we don't, then we find ourselves arguing more, distrusting each other, feeling like we can't tell the truth about how we feel or what we need and like. So a shared value system really simplifies life, actually. So it means that we agree on most things because of this, we have emotional strength and the ability to accept the things that we may not completely agree with or feel like we cannot align ourselves with. But when we have a shared value system, it means we have a lot more flexibility. Like my husband watches movies that I wouldn't watch. I don't judge him for it. I just know that that's, that's, he likes those kinds of movies and I don't. So that doesn't mean that I see him as someone that is maybe immoral or something, or he doesn't see me as someone that's not willing, you know, to try things. What we understand is that we have a different preference. And so if I respect that preference, our intimacy stays intact. So let's think about this. Values are things like, I want to give you a kind of a list of what we would consider a value. So values might be something like this, the ability to keep a confidence. I'm sure that you've had friends in your, in your past and maybe currently where you've told them something very, very personal, <clears throat> very intimate, and what happens? They tell somebody else. And so your val- the value that you hold when it comes to that level of intimacy with somebody, someone has a lot to do with whether you can actually confide in them and know that they will protect that confidence. How about this kind of a value? The commitment to not judge the person, but to trust the process that God is doing in their life. Now, if we really think about this a little bit more deeply, I certainly can work on not judging people, and I, I don't generally judge them unless I really know them and I know what's going on. But the commitment to not judge someone and to let God do a process is one of those values that help society. See, this means that I don't judge everyone that I see or every time someone drives in a terrible way, I decide that they're an evil person. So I'm not judging people on what I'm actually seeing or hearing or interpreting. I can judge someone's behavior But I can't really judge their heart because I don't know them well enough. But their behavior might indicate to me that where I might help them if they needed help, I probably wouldn't be best friends with them. So let's think about this. How about a a value of yours is decency and politeness? Well, this indicates a level of respect. And so decency and politeness is imperative if you want to have intimacy with someone. And I I want to say that again. Decency and politeness is a must for intimacy. How about the expectations on yourself? Doing your side of the relationship. Growing, maturing, using your quote-unquote voice to ask for what you need or express your feelings appropriately. How about not expecting the other to read your mind or to pick up on subtle cues all the time? And so this this is really important that we understand what we're expecting, we understand why we're expecting it, and whether or not it's even valid. 
So one of the values that we have when it comes to relationships is we need to value the fact that there will be hard times. There will be confusing times. Maybe times of doubt. But that you're not depending on this person for your peace, your ultimate security, or for them to be perfect like God. This is where we are really having appropriate expectations on ourselves and on others. How about this? Expecting attempts at honesty. Now, the reason, <clears throat> excuse me, that I put that in is because honesty is a very difficult quality to to continue to do or to um, um, really actually walk out. It is a very difficult quality. Now, maybe not for everybody, but for many people, honesty is very, very frightening. And so when I'm in relationship with someone, I will, I will expect attempts at honesty. I don't necessarily expect honesty from the stranger. I don't expect honesty from uh, maybe some family members. That doesn't mean I judge them as terrible, bad people. It means that we probably cannot have emotional intimacy. So when we're expecting attempts at honesty, we want to say to ourselves, are we completely honest with ourselves, with God, with others? So this doesn't mean that we should accept blatant and malicious deception. That's not what we are wanting to accept. What we're saying is no one really, really hits the mark correctly. So I want, to think, I want you to think about this as well. What values are not? So a goal is not necessarily a value <clears throat> because it's not indicating how you live. And so a goal is not something that, that, this is something that may be arranged and changed and rearranged at different points. So a value system is one that is pretty static. And we may make some, I don't know, adjustments here or there. But the value system is kind of what holds us in place. It's the, the plumb line is what we would call it. So for Christians, you know, the Ten Commandments, that's like a value system. So we want, we want to understand that values are not feelings. Now, I can have a, a value that says I'm going to act appropriately with my feeling. That is a value. And values do not mean our paths are always straight. See, I can have a value system that says if I mess up, I'm going to fix it. But it doesn't mean I'm always going to walk my path perfectly. And when we're looking at values, we're saying it doesn't mean they, that they're so concrete they can never be changed or adjusted. Value systems really are not about our future, per se. Now, it does have something to do with our future because whatever we do today is maybe deciding what comes tomorrow. So a value system isn't necessarily about our failures. And, you know, unless we don't learn from them. If I don't learn from my failures, then that puts me in a different position when it comes to relationship. Because a person that doesn't learn is considered a fool. So a fool does not value learning. These, when we look at this, the rest of this in terms of values, we want to remind ourselves that values are not our failures. Values are not always perfect. 
What we do when we are no longer adhering or believing in a particular value, or we may, our values may clash with family, friends, and coworkers, or employees and a spouse, this is always an opportunity to review and adjust and consider if this is actually the hill I'm going to die on, quote unquote, right? Or the value maybe has become more important than the relationship. So think of how much God adjusts to us simply because he loves us and wants us to be in relationship with him and wants to be friends with us. How much do I adjust to be relational without going against my own value system? Well, this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the idea of a value system and what it does with intimacy. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you again so much for just referring your friends to this show and really also taking the time to listen to the show and let it be a life changer for you. And, you know, we, we all are wanting to be and have this life that we can imagine. And many times what we realize is that there's some missing pieces as to how to get us there. So having a a very concrete personal value system is imperative for you becoming the best version of you and you knowing when to say no, when to say yes, and what is truly you and not what someone else wants you to be. So when we think about this idea of intimacy, this idea of being known or knowing someone, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling when there is a like-mindedness. Now, I can still value people that I'm not like-minded with, but the intimacy is not going to occur. See, intimacy is, you know, even if you think about that, that idea that you're at a party and, you know, you're talking with somebody and you look across the way and there's your best friend and you both look at each other and you're like, yeah, we're out of here. See, that's intimacy. That's like we know one another. And we have the same types of goals, same types of um, decision-making processes. We have the same type of relational, you know, processes as well. And so you know what it's like. You feel known by someone and they know you and you know them. And so when we look at this, we were talking about this idea of what values really are. Because whether we know it or not, we're living out a value system. Now, you may not have concretely or, you know, truly agreed with it, but the way you live, what you allow yourself to think, what you allow yourself to do, connotates the value system that you live. And so when we're working on value systems, we have to understand that intimacy is only possible if we have a shared value system. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect, okay? My husband and I, like I said in the previous um, session, previous part of the show, that he watches movies I would never watch. I just can't. I can't watch them. And he, he might not want to watch the movies I do. He gets tired of me watching, you know, NCIS reruns <laughs> because I just love the characters, and they're always working on being better people. So it inspires me. <clears throat> so I want you to think about this idea that... 
when we, when we no longer adhere to or believe in a particular value or our values clash with family, friends, employers, coworkers, spouse, well, this is an opportunity to review, to adjust, to consider if, you know, is this the hill I'm going to die on? Or the value has become more important than the relationship. So think of how much God adjusts to us simply because he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us and wants to be friends with us. How much does God adjust? Think about that. He's perfect, and we are not. And he still wants to be in relationship with us. So what we see with him is that he is able to enter into our messed up, complicated life and not lose his own identity. So he understands who he is and what is of value to him, and he's going to live out his value system. So think, think about how much God adjusts to you because he loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. How much do you adjust relationally without going against your own value system? And see, that needs to be part of your value system, is that I have a limit as to how much I can adjust, how limber I'm going to be with something. And so I can tolerate a lot of things from people, especially if I'm not working on intimacy with them. But people that I'm closest with, I can't, I can't be pulled too far into a different value system without feeling really bad and not wanting to be there and then needing to maybe confront things. So when we're looking at a value system and we recognize that we don't all share the exact type of value system, we want to look for commonalities. We don't have to look for everything completely matching up. We look for commonalities. Well, we have that kind of in common. Like we believe pretty much in that. Like I can talk about it with that person because, yeah, I can buy into some of that. And then there are some things that are not common and I cannot share those. And if I'm required to talk about it, we will probably get into some kind of a debate. And that may be entertaining for a while, but it never creates intimacy. So one of the things that we are doing when we are working on intimacy and being somewhat pliable is that we practice acceptance. And remember how many times I've said Acceptance does not always mean agreement. I can accept lots of things that I don't agree with. I can't live with it probably, but I can go into different kinds of communities and different kinds of groups of people and different events and, and different types of parties, and, and I, I really can accept a lot of things. However, I don't know if they'll be my best friend. So I can accept it for a time, and I can truly be polite, I can be kind, I can be accepting, I can be all those things, but I'm probably not going to have intimacy with them because our value system doesn't line up. They have a different value system. So I would be constantly having to try to avoid an argument, and I would end up not saying anything. So it would become, in many ways, a one-sided relationship. So it's imperative that we know how, how far we can bend, how much we can accept, how much we allow, 
how much we look away from in order to be in relationship with those that we love. And so the beauty of growing up is you get to pick people that are like you. Many of us in our families are not like our families. And there are some families that, wow, they just all kind of jive. And it's wonderful. But the majority of us have to accept things we don't agree with in order to be intimate with family. And this is one of those things that we see God doing. See, God's perfect. He sent his son Jesus. He's perfect. And what did he do? He had to adjust in all kinds of ways just to be with us. So it's imperative that you know where the quote-unquote line is. If you allow that line to be moved, changed, ignored, or compromised too often, you're going to find yourself resentful, feeling disrespected, unsure of who you are, feeling like you've lost yourself in the relationship, you're going to feel exhausted, bogged down probably, maybe uninspired, disrespected, you know, all kinds of things. And see, there are many people I enjoy, even though we don't share the same value system. I just realize I can accept them. But I will probably not be able to use them as a confidant or a guide or a coach or an acceptable partner. See, without a shared value system, your intimacy and enjoyment of each other will suffer greatly. And you'll have to work so hard to not be upset. There's plenty of things to disagree about. However, the ability to commit and agree will eliminate a great deal of fighting. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of intimacy and a shared value system. Good afternoon and welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So appreciate you joining in today. And I want to make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled exactly how it sounds, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. And you can get lots of great things that we have for you on the website. And we have some mini books. We have some downloads you can do. We have study guides for each of the podcasts so that if you want to do it as a group, you can do that and make it a little bit more of a deeper dive. So I really appreciate all that you are putting out online about the show and encouraging friends and family to listen to it. So we're talking about this idea of a shared value system. And without a shared value system, your intimacy and enjoyment of of each other will probably suffer. And we know that there's lots to disagree about. However, the ability to commit and agree, it will eliminate a lot of fighting and arguing and feeling devalued and resentful. And that doesn't mean that agreeing, right, says I'm going to now adopt that as a part of my value system. I can be agreeable without agreeing. So let me say that again. I can be agreeable without agreeing. It just simply means I'm refusing to fight it. And it says, is this, is this actually the hill that I want to die on? Or am I going to simply say, you know, I don't think we, we have the same idea about this, but I appreciate you sharing. And so this is where <clears throat> many times we find that premarital counseling 
is steeped in this. There, there's this idea that, wow, I thought we shared so many things. And as we go through some premarital work, we find out that we have some pretty different values. And we were so in love with each other that we kind of ignored it. And so we want to ask you, wow, do you have a core value system of your own? And do we as a couple share similar values? Now, that doesn't mean everything. So I want you to think about while knowing it's possible to overcome differences in values, it's actually knowing how to do it is another thing entirely. And so I like this gentleman named Dr. Brown, and he says that sharing some of these core values is part of the glue that can hold a couple together. However, the key to the situation is respecting your partner. So regardless of how you feel about each of these things, whether you agree or not, two aspects are very, very important. Shared expectations and a respect for the other's beliefs if they differ from your own. So this is really, really imperative. And again, I want to caution you in, in realizing that we absolutely can have differences and differences of opinion and, and a different way that we would handle something. But if we have too many of these core, what we call core values that differ, as life goes on, we're going to stop talking and sharing as much because we just won't want the hassle. And so we'll start to live an independent life inside that relationship. And we'll say to ourselves, you know, it's just not worth it. I know where they stand on this. They're not going to change. So I'm alone in this. This is how I think. This is how they think. So in a perfect world, you know, you and your partner would agree on everything. But that's not going to happen. And there is a way to make it work for you and your partner if you're committed to both respecting one another first and then finding compromises to work through the issues in the long term. And it may not always be easy, but being together, if that's what you want, then you owe yourself and the other, the, you know, the other person to take the time and see, can we do this? Can we accept these differences? Are they too profound? Are there too many of them? Or can we work around it? And this is where we want to really think about how do we actually discover what our core value is and what that really means. See, discovering what your core values are increases your confidence and it really makes it easier to make decisions because you don't have to think about so many things when you have a specific core value. And discovering your values, it does take some time and some self-reflection, but there's lots of benefits of identifying your values. It's kind of like knowing how to drive your car. You don't, you know, once you get really proficient at it, you don't really have to think about it. And, and we want to help you create a list of your own value system, what you truly value, and it helps you to then discover even more. And what I have found <clears throat> is that the more committed I am to a, a particular value causes me, if I'll let it, to be a lot more flexible in hearing how other people feel because I'm not trying to convince them of mine. So this is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about what values truly are. 
Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining today. If you're just now tuning in, I want you to know that you can go to any of your favorite podcast servers, and you can download this podcast and listen to it in its entirety. So we are talking about this idea of core values or your value system and how it affects relationships. And we spent the most of the entire show already on recognizing that I can really love and even like some people that I share completely different values. I mean, we, we do not even have a, any matches in our value system. The problem is I can't accept them for a great length of time. Pretty soon our values are going to clash and we're either going to not even talk about it or we're going to start arguing about it. We're going to get upset about it, whatever that may be. So it's very care- you have to be very careful about discussing core values. And usually we want people to talk about core values if you're choosing to be married. When you're raising kids, what your the core values of your family is, what the core values of your business is. Because core values have a lot to do with how I maneuver through my world. How from one situation to another, I'm, I'm guided and committed to acting in a certain way that I'm not letting that external world or what other people are doing decide what my values, my core values are. And so when we're discovering core values, you want to think about that once we know what our value system is, it will increase our confidence and it makes it easier to make decisions because I already know where I'm saying no. I don't have to really indulge in it. I don't have to think about it rehash it. I can just say, no, that's not for me. I know it's not for me. I've already figured it out. So when we think about values, we talked about this earlier in the show, that that values are a set of beliefs or opinions that influence how you live your life. And they're ideas that are important to you and personally characterize who you are as an individual. So values play an important role in shaping how you respond to certain situations and how you set goals, what you're committed to. It's kind of that idea of, you know, what will I argue about? What will I fight about? And what will I die for? So what will I argue for, fight for, or die for? And the value system has a lot to do with that. So then I recognize that in my value system, I have a couple of things that, uh, You know, I might argue about it, but I'm not going to die over it. I'm not going to fight about it. But I might just say, okay, I get it. Thanks for sharing, right? And this is where it's important that you know what your core values are. And everyone's set of core values is unique. And many times it's influenced by your own life experience. So psychologists recognize that it's really important, (coughs) excuse me, to stay conscious of your values throughout your life because they can change as your career and personal life develops. Maybe having children and raising them, maybe that has caused you to change some core values or relax on some things. And so ask yourself things like, what are core values to me? Maybe it's achievement, maybe ambition. Maybe caring. You want to be able to be known for caring about people. How about charity? Maybe you really enjoy collaboration, and so it's really painful for you when you have someone in the group that refuses 
to do any collaboration at all. Maybe creativity is a core value for you. How about curiosity, right? Some of us are very, very curious. And some of us, yeah, we're not that curious. We'll, we'll hear from everybody else's experience maybe. How about in, in, dependability? How important is dependability to you? Do you like people to respond to you and say, hey, you're so dependable. I always can depend on you. How about empathic? Are you an empathic person? Do people say, gosh, I, you're so easy to talk to. I'm so glad that, that I could talk to you today because this is what I really needed. Maybe you're an encourager, right? Well, how about this? How about when you think about ethics? Where, where are the rules for you that you say, you know, that's what I'm not going to cross. I don't care if you want to pay me a million dollars. Well, I don't know, maybe a million. <laughs> okay, we should, I'll just redo that one, okay? So, you know, this is where we say to ourselves, you know, you, you couldn't even pay me to do that, right? And so this is where happiness, maybe health. I know some people that health is a core value for them. They put a lot of time into it. For me, humor. I, humor is so important to me. It's a huge value to me. I love to laugh with people. I love to make people laugh. And I always remind people that one of the reasons that I love laughter is because you can do it with anybody, right? And, and it's like you can laugh with a stranger. And so this is, and so I love, I love laughing. So how about health? You know, honesty, innovation, intuition, Kindness. Well, that's a core value of mine, is being kind. And I will always do that. And so knowledge, that's a big core value for me. I, I really do like to read and study and understand things. And I like making a difference. That might, that's a core value for myself. So think about this. Maybe your core value is personal development, power. Maybe power is a big one for you professionalism, self-control, right? Spirituality, all these things that you want to think about, hey, what are the things that really resonate with me? These are the things, our values are the things that we will die for. See, why would we go to war with another country or somebody else if we're not willing to die for what we believe in? This is why when you are determining your values, what I want you to do is I want you to write down your values as best as you can explain them. And I want you to consider the people that you most admire. See, one of the ways that we adopt values is we might ex have experienced it from someone. Maybe someone was, was very kind to you and you thought, you know, I like that. I want to be known for that. So consider the people that you admire. Who, who, maybe they're an overcomer. Maybe um, they have figured out how to make millions of dollars and do it in an ethical manner. You like how I put in that ethical manner because I want people to be ethical? <laughs> That's one of my values. So I want you to categorize those values into maybe some related groups. And you, what you will find is that most of your values will be somewhat related because that's how we have continuity. So choose then the top core values and figure out, hey, these are the things that I am committed to. These are the things 
I want to be known for. These are the things that I want people to be able to depend on when they see me, interact with me, whatever it may be. And when you're doing that, it helps to really recognize that when you choose your top core values, I want you to rank them. I want you to rank them in order of purpose. So my core value, number one, is this. And maybe, you know, narrow it down to not more than 10. Because it gets hard to kind of do that many. And at the same time, we might get some, a lots of overlap. So the benefits of you really identifying and knowing your value system is that it's easier to find uh, your purpose. See, knowing what your value is helps you figure out what you want to be in life or what you want out of life. And it also guides your behavior. See, if I have a value system, then I know what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do, how far I will kind of bend, right? And, and where I will say, no, that's a hard stop for me. I, I'm not going to participate in that. It helps me make decisions. It may even help me choose a career. And the number one thing, though, that it does that I really, really appreciate is it will increase your confidence. Because the more you know you and the more committed you are to you, and I don't mean in a, you know, in a way that is somehow self-aggrandizing, self but really identifying what matters to you helps you also choose the right career path. And it brings a sense of safety and stability in your life because you know what you want and what's important to you. And so it greatly organizes your life, but it also helps you not to waste energy on things that really don't matter to you. It also means you get to be known for something. And I don't know about you, <clears throat> but I would much rather be known for positive things than negative things. And so we have some common values. And one of them is, like we talked about, integrity, respect. How about excellence? How many stores do you know that used to say that was their core value, excellence? That when you come to our store, you buy one of our products, we're going to give you excellent help and an excellent product. How about responsibility or teamwork? I like this one, fairness. You know, I do, I do like it when we're fair with one another. But I also know that the fairness doctrine doesn't always work because all things aren't fair. But I like to be as fair as possible, and I like to care about people. So compassion is a big core value for me. But passion in itself is also a big core value. I like to be excited about things and to get involved in things and to want the world to be able to change for the better and to help people's lives turn out much better than they ever thought they could be. And so this means that if I have those types of values, then I might need to value learning, which I do. Because learning is about continuous improvement. It's really being able to see the world differently. And if, if any of you have gone to a different country, you know that experience. All of a sudden, you're experiencing things in a way that you may not have even thought of, that you didn't even think that people did those things or didn't do certain things. So maybe you also like safety. And I think safety is a really important core value. I would rather us have a lot of safety and then take calculated risks 
then take a calculated risk or just an uncalculated risk and then have to be helped for the rest of my life. So I want us to be smart. I want us to be wise. I don't want us to be fools. So when we think about how core values help the lasting of our relationships, it helps our relationships to last because it can weather the storm. And when we go against a core value that we're either known for or that we have declared that is important to us, then we're going to need to make restitution. We're going to have to say, hey, I'm sorry, I went against my own core value and it affected you. And this is why it's important to be someone that people can say, hey, I know that person. I may not know everything about them, but every interaction I've had with them leaves me feeling better, even if it was tough. And this happens with my clients regularly. I, I, it's not always comfortable in my office and the things we talk about or maybe some of the things that I confront them with may not be a, really a good feeling. But the overall effect of excellence and helping someone get there really affects the world around them and all the people that are in it. And this is why we want to really take our time and recognize that if we want true intimacy, we need to have a similar value system. And that doesn't mean that we judge someone else's value system and say, well, they're not one of us. What we say is, hey, it makes a lot more sense to be around like-minded people that also are willing to look at what needs to change. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to talking to you next Sunday. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <music>